Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. With us today are three ladies from the Pearl S. Buck Writers Group located in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I'm so excited to chat with them all about, you know, what writers groups can do for authors and their experiences. Um, We're going to find out if there's some jealousy among writers in the groups, so a little (laughs) behind the scenes (laughs) action going on. We're speaking with authors Sandy Cody, Susan Wagner, and Linda Wisniewski. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Claudine, for having us. Thanks for having us. So among the three of you, is there is there a spokesperson? Not really. No. I wouldn't say so. <laughs> oh, somebody's chimes are going off. That's going to sound great. Okay. That's my clock. Is that you? Oh, very nice. Very nice. 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Too That's funny. right. We're right on time. Okay, so... Um, let's just get started with what is a writer's group? Because I think, you know, some of our um, readers and listeners are inundated with all the different things that they can do to possibly help write a book or help publish a book. There's writers workshops, there's writers um, conferences, you know, and, and there's just so many things to choose from. And I, I love the idea of a writer's group, because it's something that is could be local, um, and could be very helpful. So why don't you guys explain to me what your writer's group is and kind of how it works. All right, I'll go first. (laughs) So I'm Linda, and we started meeting together because we wanted to give each other some mutual support to keep writing. You know, it's a lonely job. um, And most of the time we do it by ourselves. So we decided to get together just once a month, on a Monday morning at one of the offices um, at the Pearl Buck Writing Center, mainly because we're all involved there in some other way. We've all volunteered and, and been part of that, and we can talk about that more later. But we just basically write. Uh, we don't share what we wrote in that session. We just want to be present for each other and have a time and a space where we just have to write and nobody can disturb us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So having a scheduled time, and it's you're, you're saying yeah, it yeah. is it's once a month. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just let me add that the part of it is is the discipline of knowing that you're going to be answering to someone about what you've been doing. Otherwise, it's so easy to uh, put it off just a little bit. But the discipline helps a lot. That that's one type of a writers group, and I think we've probably all been part of another type where we actually do critique. Linda and I critiqued together for a while. And and it, I found yeah. it extremely helpful on a lot that was of very levels. very helpful. Yes. How about you Susan, what do you think? I do think that critique groups or uh, having someone else to um, 
critique your work is very helpful. I have somebody that I do that with um, who's been my writing partner for 30 years. Um, and I've been in critique groups in the past um, and they can be really helpful. This group I like, we do spend some time at the beginning um, talking about what we might have accomplished over the month or what we're currently working on. So we do have a sharing at the beginning and then um, we sit and write and just having someone else there who's a writer, it's a different kind of energy than you have when you're sitting by yourself. And uh, I find that I'm even more productive in that sense, I, I think because of that energy. So I, I get more ideas. I, I have no problem just jumping in and writing. Awesome. Okay. So why don't we share with the audience what each of your genres of writing is for anyone who's listening and wants to connect? Uh, uh, Linda, I go first? Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, I'm Sandy Cody, and I write using my full name, Sandra Carey Cody. I want to give credit to my parents, too. Uh, I write mostly mysteries. Uh, they're uh, cozy mysteries for the most part. Um, the last couple that I've written have gone a little bit away from the cozy um, formula because I've just, it's become more interesting to me. And the last one I wrote was not so much a mystery as a suspense, not in the uh, James Bond type suspense where the world is, is going to come to an end if you don't do this. But um, just wondering what is going to happen to this person? We know from the beginning who did what but we want to know if she's going to get away with it and how she justifies the whole thing in her own mind i found it interesting to write from the criminal's point of view Ooh. and is she a criminal hi so how, how many books have you written sandy uh i have eight great okay and they're all available on amazon yes they are excellent as, as well as some other places okay how about how about you susan what what genre genre do you write in I write primarily poetry. Um, I have a poetry book available on Amazon. Um, and I have a chat book um, that I sell at conferences and other places. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I, I am working, finishing my first novel. I'm in a rewrite situation. Ooh. So, which is sort of an outgrowth of what I did my last collection, which is in process of being published, um, is a book of more spiritual poetry. And so the themes in, in the book, the novel that I'm writing, there's a spiritual theme in it, but it's not the primary focus necessarily. Um, so it's interesting. Got it, okay. Excellent, and how about you, Linda? What genre are you writing in? I am writing in at least two genres. <laughs> so I started I started with memoir, and that's what I really love and what I teach at the Pearl Buck Writing Center. I have a, a memoir published called Off Kilter, um, and that's, of course, available anywhere you buy books online, um, and can, you can order it from an independent bookstore. And I also have a time travel novel, which was published um, two years ago, called Where the Stork Flies, and that grew out of my memoir writing because it's based on the life of one of my ancestors. Um, I couldn't find out much about her life, so I decided to make it up. <laughs> and, 
time and time travel her into the present and and vice versa. Um, I also have had quite a few personal essays published in literary magazines. Um, I've been nominated for a Pushcart Prize, which is the best of the small presses. Um, so when I, I'm working on a big project now, a sequel to my time travel novel. Great. And um, when I'm not working on a big project or... <laughs> Just when I have, uh, you know, smaller amounts of time, I like to work on personal essays. Very nice. Okay. In your spare time. Yeah. Yeah, my spare time. Right. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So, that's interesting that you're all writing in different genres, which is very yes. cool. And yet, you come together in a writer's group. And how long have you been coming together as a writer's group? Oh, less than a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Less than a year. Maybe six to eight months, something like that. That sounds right. That's yeah. nice. And how did you how did you come together? Well, we all uh, volunteer at the Pearl Buck House, so we run into one another there. Right, right. And Linda and I live relatively close in Bucks County, and so we've known each other for years. Our pa- we met as writers, and that's how our paths crossed. Nice. So anybody can do it. Anybody can kind of put together a writer's group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And what I like about yours is that uh, we talked a little bit about criticism. I, too, joined a writer's group that I promptly quit because (laughs) it just seemed like the the criticism wasn't productive. It was criticizing in order to criticize. Yeah. Right. Um, And do you guys find that, too? What's your experience with critique groups? Yeah, I've been I've been involved in groups like that. And sometimes I just put up with it because I want the feedback from the others. But it can be very soul damaging. Um, There's no reason for for being I call it doing destructive criticism. You know, I believe in constructive criticism. If you can't offer a suggestion to make it better, then just don't say anything. I I, I tell Yeah, I tell that to my students, too. I say, you know, we're not we're not doing anything to tear each other down. We also always want to do something to improve the work. So it can take, you know, I encourage people who are writers or want to write to look for a writer's group, but don't, don't quit if the first one you try doesn't work for you. Sometimes it takes time to find the right one. Gotcha. How about, how about you, Sandy? What do you think? The first writers group I was in, I was just so lucky. It was a group, and we were really supportive of each other. And then there was a nucleus of six of us. And um, then every now and then somebody would join. And every now and then you get somebody who it seems like they're critiquing your work to show how much they know about writing. And they get weeded out. But, but as Linda said, you want constructive criticism. And sometimes... Um, it's a funny thing about criticism. People will say something about your work or about a certain paragraph, and it doesn't make sense to you, and yet it tells you there's something wrong with that paragraph. Something stopped them. It, they may not have put their finger on the right thing, but you know you have to do something to it, or at least consider it. And sometimes uh, we all like to read different things, and perhaps what I'm writing just isn't for them. But you do have to consider it. I find it extremely useful. Okay. How about you, Susan? I agree. I find it um, it can be very useful. I also have in the past asked questions of people, like, for instance, if, if I'm struggling with dialogue or some other issue, 
uh, I ask people to pay attention to that as they're reading to see if if what I was writing was successful or not. And um, I think having that ability and that openness to communicate and to listen to other people uh, in turn, I think that's really helpful. Um, you may not always agree with it and you may not always take other people's opinions, um, but to just, like Sandy said, to just look at your work um, and see if you think it has merit or not. But ultimately, you're the writer. It's your decision. Right. Yeah, I interviewed a writer, um, Geraldine Dunaher, and she wrote a book called Still, and she threw it out <clears throat> Excuse me, to beta readers. Um, so it wasn't a formal reading group. It was just people in her you know, circle. And they, she said of constructive criticism that it's important to pay attention to it, especially if it comes from more than one person. So, so one, is that, does that make sense? Yes. And, and I will say, I was in a, uh, an online writers group for a while, and that's, that has a different um, dynamic, because for the most part, you're strangers. And sometimes in a writers group, you become friends, and you, uh, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, whereas a bunch of strangers, you know, well, you have to assume that everybody's coming from a kind place. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, but there's less, um, less holding back. Right, right, so right. You can be we're totally honest. Yeah, and there, I think there's a certain amount of professionalism that has to come along with that because it's, as you said, uh, Linda, it was, it's, it's soul-crushing to have your dream, you know, thwarted. Um, and, and Sandy, you mentioned that, that in some of the writers' groups that you've been a part of, those types of folks have been weeded out. How do, how do you do that? <laughs> Besides very carefully, I guess. Well, uh, one time... This person was just totally inappropriate, not because of his criticism, but um, what he was writing was very close to p- pornographic, and we became very uncomfortable with it. So we uh, we were meeting at the library at the time, and of course at the lo- public library, we couldn't leave somebody out. So we started meeting at our homes. <laughs> and, but uh, we weren't we weren't really helpful to him, and he wasn't helpful to us. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I like that. It was, but we weren't quite facing the issue either. <laughs> I love it. Change venue. There is a market for pornography, but we're not it. Yes, absolutely. Very important to keep in mind. Uh, okay. So in terms of um, your individual road to publishing, what can you tell our writers who are listening, who are just starting out and they have a manuscript and they just don't know what to do with it? A completed manuscript? A completed manuscript. Um, okay, so they want to get published, basically. That's the question, right? How do you get published? Yes. It's really hard. <laughs> um and there are, as we all know, many different routes today. There's the traditional publisher, so you can try to get an agent and they can find a publisher for you. You can go directly to small publishers, which are very easy to find online in um, different lists. And you can do self-publishing. Um, and in this group, we have experience, I think, pretty much with all of those different types. So it's not one and done. So you you no. have other opportunities if one way doesn't work out. And, and all three of you have tried both, I would say, self-publishing well, and traditional publishing? 
my first four books were published by a New York publisher. It was a small New York publisher. But then they sold, and they sold out to uh, Amazon. So it was so it was an easy transition. They put the books on Amazon then. And um, the next one, um, I decided, well, I'm going to try self-publishing. That's kind of when... Um, when the whole thing was turning around, and it has turned around a lot, so uh, it's a learning curve, but it's doable. Okay. It's doable. How about you, you need help? You need help, and you need to. Sh- that's when groups really come in, and um, if you belong to an organization like as a mystery writer, I belong to Sisters in Crime, and there are so many different groups, and that support's invaluable. Okay. All right. I'm going to come back to that, the Sisters in Crime and joining groups, um, because I think that's a great way to market your books. So how about you, Susan? What's been your experience? Um, well, my first collection was self-published, and I decided to go that way because the topic had to do with mental illness and families. And it's, I thought it might not be a topic that would interest everybody. It, and it actually sold better than I expected. Um, And it is on Amazon. Um, But my chapbook is, uh, was published through a regular press, a small press. And my next collection will be two. Um, Now I don't, poetry is a little bit different because you don't really get agents for poetry. I had an agent for a while. She tried, but it's just not something that, um, most agents will want to handle. Um, so I think in, in the case of poetry, for anybody out there who's writing poetry, start trying to get your individual poems published, which is not an easy task necessarily. And um, you know, see what you could do because the more um, publications you have, the more confidence you have, and the easier it is then to put together your own collection and get it you know reviewed or whatever you decide to do with that gotcha yeah okay i think i think that's a good suggestion that susan just made for all all genres actually um if you can get a short story published an article published an essay published then you have a credit that you can refer to so when you're writing a query letter to an agent or a publisher you can demonstrate that you have already been, your writing has already been accepted by someone who doesn't know you, someone impartial, so you have that credit. Yeah, and it gives you practice, right? It gives you practice in writing, it gives you practice in critiquing, it gives you practice in pitching, it's all good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, Yeah, and it helps you develop a thicker skin. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, well, true. the first things that I had published were a couple of short stories. And um, if nothing else, it's a great boost, boost of the confidence to see your yeah. your work in a publication, something you can hold on your hands, buy a, an extra copy and give it to your mother to pass out at church, some things <laughs> like that. And, and, and confidence is comes in handy because you get to the middle of a, well, since I write full-length novels, you get to the middle of a novel and you think, why did I ever think I was going to do this? So you remember the six little successes that you've had in the past. Yeah, my mother would call that your goodie box. Exactly. <laughs> Go back to your goodie box. Okay, yes. so uh, 
what did I want to ask you? Oh, so for all of you, what what one, and I didn't ask you guys this ahead of time, but what piece of advice would you give based on your publishing experience to the new author? Like if I had known now what I didn't know then, or am I saying that right? If I knew then what I didn't know now, whatever. No, no, what right. what would, exactly. yeah, based on your experience, what, what, great, what piece of advice would you share? I would uh, definitely share, get someone else to read your contract. Um, there are lawyers with, if you join an organization called the um, Authors Guild, they have lawyers that will look at your contract basically for free um, and give you ideas on what to look out for. Um, for example, I had one publisher, um, her, they're very small, and their contract was what they call withholding royalties, but they didn't call it that. They just said, um, you have to earn back what we spend on publishing your book and marketing your book. That's a big no-no um, because there's no guarantee of what they're going to do or how much they're going to spend. So I I would steer away from that kind of thing. And there are many other things in a contract. So basically, if you're going to have someone else publish your book, there will be a contract. So make sure you have someone else go over it unless you're a, a literary lawyer yourself. And what is that <laughs> called again, Linda? The, um, when they hold back, what is that called? Withholding royalties. Withholding royalties. Okay, good to know. God, great, great advice. And you said Lawyers Guild? Authors Guild. Oh, Authors Guild. Okay. <laughs> All right, great advice. How about you, Sandy? Uh, well, the first thing I would say is, is the most obvious. Just be persistent. Don't give up easily. And... Other And I would emphasize the importance of helping other authors. So your book isn't ready yet, but maybe somebody else's is. And it, it's, well, it's the right thing to do, first of all. And it, it, it helps you. It's, it's, you know, like the first things we were taught when we were children. You treat other people the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. How about you, Susan? I think I would um, suggest that you make absolutely sure that your manuscript is in perfect condition, that you followed the guidelines from either, you know, if you're looking for an agent from the agent's office or from the publishing house, or you take the time to really get familiar with all of that so that you've done, you know, you've put everything in the right order, you've double, triple checked the spelling and, you know, everything is is as perfect as it could be. Um, and and then have somebody reread the whole thing, just to be absolutely sure. Yeah. That's great advice. And I, I often say, try not to have the person who you read the book or proofread, I should say, at that stage, not be your Aunt Tilly. You know, have exactly. it, you know, pay a professional. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, that's great. Great advice. So in the beginning, when I introduced you guys, I said that we were going to talk about, you know, jealousy. So you, there's three of you. Is there any jealousy amongst I mean, yourselves when one's doing really great and one's having struggling? And is it all support all the time? I think we're all pretty much on the same level as far as right. um, success in the in the writing world. So um I don't feel particularly jealous. Um, and, and what we write is so different. You know, I I don't even attempt to write poetry anymore. So I have great respect for Susan and what she does, but I'm not going to 
tried to do that. <laughs> and same with Sandy. I love to read cozy mysteries, but I tried to write one once and I couldn't get myself out of that corner. So <laughs> not they're not in my field of vision at all. I just admire what they do. Nice. How about you, Sandy? Now, I would agree with everything she said. There hasn't been jealousy among us that and even the well, as I said, the first writers group I was in, which is I can honestly say I don't think I would ever have been published without them. That's one of the things that made us work. We we were pub, we were writing basically the same kind of thing, but we weren't jealous. We really respected each other, and that's key. How about how about you, Susan? I agree with what Linda said about this group. I don't I don't think we do have a jealousy issue, and and it could be in part because we do write such different things. But I think that it's also that we're a little older and we've had some success. And and so we, you know, we don't feel that same crush as a beginner might feel. I have been, uh, I was in a group that was, that was an issue. Um, and I had someone who became very jealous that I was having some success. And it really, um, it took me a while to realize that that was what the problem was because the critiques I was getting from that person whose opinion I valued highly um, started to be so negative and um, it, it, you know, it, it really had taken me aback uh, and, and started me questioning myself. And I had to sit down and really look at it and talk it over with a couple of other writer friends and, um, kind of figured out that this person was just really jealous. And go. and then I was able to pull back and eventually left that group. Um, but it was really difficult. And um, it did some, you know, damage to me at first, uh, because it made me question what I was doing. Um, so I think it is something that a beginner in particular should be aware of. But don't jump to the conclusion that that's the problem right away. If you're getting a, a critique that's saying you could improve something, yes, you know, yes. you can take it with a grain of salt, but you should definitely look at it because a lot of people are trying to give you constructive criticism and it is really helpful. So I think it is, but it is something you need to be aware of. You know, what I would add, um, I think that's exactly correct, but I've discovered that sometimes when I first get something, a criticism, especially something that I thought was really great, you know, they say, kill your darlings, but put it aside for a day or so, and then go back and look at it. You can be much more objective then. Good point. Your, your feelings are not quite so raw. Yeah, I put it aside for a week <laughs> or more. <laughs> You'd be surprised what you can find if you pick up something you haven't looked at for a week or two. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's good advice in general with your writing. You know, if you yeah. think that you've finished a story or a poem or even a whole book, set it aside for a decent length of time and then go back and look at it because it's, it, you know, you're, you're, you can have a whole different attitude. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I wrote a Substack post um, a while back about rejection and there is a book out there called rotten rejections and pearl s buck is actually in that in that book and she got criticized not criticized but a bad a bad rejection from um an, a publisher who who said of the good earth that people in the united states don't want to read about china oh my gosh can you imagine exactly, yeah. <laughs> so if yeah. we're in that company i think we're okay 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So how, how would you suggest that our authors uh, find an author's group? Uh, a writer's group. Okay, so um, I can start. I joined an organization called Story Circle Network, and this is for women writers of life writing. So if you're writing um, memoirs, um, it's called storycircle.org. And they have many um, online, mostly online writers groups. Um, Also, another organization that I belong to is the International Women's Writing Guild. Um, Susan also belongs to that. They're having their um, annual conference this year in Philadelphia in July, and they do the same thing. They have um, local writing groups and online writing groups. And also, I've seen people find writing groups on Meetup, which is, um, I guess you call it a social network. You could just meetup.org and then look for writing groups. Fabulous. How about you, Sandy? Any tricks? Um, I don't know that it's true. The way I found my first writer's group was at the library. I just saw a notice that someone wanted to start a writer's group, and so I uh, called them. And if you don't see a notice like that, you can go to your library and perhaps put out the word that you'd like somebody and um, maybe have just a general meeting, coffee or something first to uh, establish if you're beginning writers or what you're writing and what, what does and doesn't work for you. Fabulous. How about you, Susan? Oh, sorry. Sunda said the different groups um, have writers uh, critique groups, either online or um, in person, and both are good. Fabulous. How about you, Susan? Um, The first group I joined was the International Women's Writing Guild, uh, and I heard about them from a professor um, when I was in college. So I've been a member for many, many years. And over the years, as I've changed the kind of writing that I've done, um, I do belong to two uh, poetry groups that are online. One is the International Poets and and then another one that's a more local group. But I also joined when I started writing my novel uh, and I felt like I could use more support, didn't, I didn't know where to go, but I knew that I was writing a a crime book, sort of a mixed genre crime book. I joined Sisters in Crime, and they have a wealth of information that's available if you're a member, and uh, a number of these organizations do. And I found that to just be really helpful, uh, because anytime I had a question, there were people I could contact right away. They have archives of information available. Um, most of these organizations do workshops or conferences. So, you know, there are so many contacts that you can make and uh, things you can learn that way on your own. And you guys would consider that a, um, a, a marketing strategy as well? I mean, do they offer book marketing help? Yes. Nice. Yeah, some do, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. They offer advice. Yeah. Sisters in Crime offers advice, but they make an effort not to push any one person. So you, you know, you have this network of people, but um, they try to be very fair to both their beginning writers and their more established writers by not pushing any one person. But they do offer advice, and it's so supportive. I think writers in general, because we've been knocked down a few times, tend to support each other 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And many organizations offer uh, webinars on marketing as well. I've, I've attended yes. some really good ones. Awesome. Okay. And we know people like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you about my new book later, um, just yeah. on this subject. But um, I want to stay on this subject. And one of the things that I find a lot, especially with trying to help authors with book marketing, I've, I've realized over the couple of years that I've been doing this specifically, talking to authors, is that there's a confidence barrier. And so they don't want to book market because they don't think of themselves as writers yet. And so why should, you know, why should I have to think about that? And it's not just, you know, I don't know that book marketing is going to help. It's more that I don't consider myself a writer. So I was wondering if it would be okay if I asked each of you to answer this question, and that is, when did you call yourself writer? I think when I had my first short story published, and, and you know what? I think part of that is, especially for women, we're taught not to brag. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be modest and uh, let people, to, you know, discover our talents instead of boasting all the time. And so we have to get over that. I, I remember I said I was in a group with a, a man headed by him who was extremely successful. And he was telling us all the things to do. And I said, well, that works well for you, but I don't think it would work for a woman. And he just looked at me and he said, well, get over it. <laughs> and I said, oh, that'll fix it. Yeah, thank you. That's constructive. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a little bit true. Less true than it used to be, but it is a little yeah. bit true. If a woman comes across too strong, you kind of, you know, you back up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I think that's true for women, but I think, you know, we forget sometimes. I think it's also true for some men. You know, there are, there are some men that are good marketers, but there are some men that don't like to be talking about themselves all the time. So, That's you right. know, it can be true, especially in the beginning. It can be true of anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. It's more of a girl thing. <laughs> so, Linda, yeah. when did you consider yourself a writer? When did, you, when did you allow yourself to put that label on what you do? That's kind of what I'm coming up against with my, my readers and my listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah. I started calling myself a writer when, uh, number one, I got published, which is stupid because if you write, you're a writer, you know? Um, but, and the you know, yeah, but I, I started actually saying, when people say, what do you do? I started saying I'm a writer when I stopped doing everything else, you know, when I quit, when I quit the library job and um, anything else that I was doing, I, I would say I'm a writer. Yeah. And it was before I had published my first book. But you now you now feel that if you if you write, you're a writer. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. if it's like the thing that you love and you know, maybe this the thing that you center your day around, um, which I do, then it's legit to call yourself a writer. How about you, Susan? Uh, well that's something that I really struggled with. I have been writing since I was a kid. Um, and I had some things published in like school things and even in college literary journals. I, I think it wasn't until I was I was in my 20s and I did some articles that appeared in the newspapers, uh, just regional newspapers. And that seeing that in black and white and being able to cut it out and say, look, this was me, <laughs> that helped me a lot. Um, but also, you know, as a person who did struggle with self-esteem and self-doubt, um, it took a long time before I was completely comfortable with it. 
But I would agree with the idea that if you write, you're a writer. Just like if you paint, you don't have to be a well-known artist. You're an artist. There you, you go. Know. Um, and I think that's true of writers. And I would like to see people, especially if you're like me, you know, take the time, call yourself a writer, because you are. If you sit down and write, you're a writer. And just keep telling yourself that and seek out people who will affirm that for you. Oh, and I think some nice. of the groups that we talked about today, they, they will do that. Um, the International Women's Writing Guild was absolutely wonderful that way. And every time that I was in contact with those people, it gave me a burst of self-confidence. Um, nice. Because of that, you know, that affirmation and that comfort that I got from it. Fantastic. Linda, did you have something else you want to say? No. Oh. <laughs> I just got to Sorry. I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. I thought, okay, she's, she's, my hair. she's raising her hand. Okay. Um, so on that subject, Sandy mentioned that, you know, there are all these different ways to publish these days and that the publishing the publishing industry changed and we're very, very familiar with that. And there are so many more there's so much more content out there. There's so many more books out there at the end of the day because you can just you can just you know do a word doc and then you upload it to Amazon and oh my gosh, there's your book. So you got there's a lot of competition, and I'm wondering, you know, why do we do it? Like, and I and I'd like to ask each one of you if it's so hard and if it's so you know competitive and and you know all the the hoops that you have to go through to do it, the energy for book marketing, etc. Why do each of you write? I'll start with Linda. Okay. I just do it because it's it centers me. It's what I love to do. And if I have a day when I don't write, I just feel incomplete. Um, I also do it because I meet wonderful other writers like all of you ladies. Um, and that's important to me. And I love to hear from readers um, who give me feedback and talk about, you know, what their, what my books have meant to them. Um, and I just um, don't think there's anything else that would be more rewarding. I, I have not found anything else more rewarding. But yes, it does get discouraging. The marketing is tough and it does take a lot of time. And I try not to let it take over more time than actual writing. <clears throat> but um and I know people who have quit for that reason. But I just have to do it because I love doing it. Love that. Thank you. How about you, Sandy? I just, I love stories. And I love storytelling. And I think I was a writer, a storyteller long before I was a writer. You know, as a kid, I my father said to my mother one time, you know, I think she wakes up in a different world every day. <laughs> And I thought, how does he know? But, you know, I was always living in a different world. The stories were going on in my head. And finally, I started writing them down. And it was so satisfying. Nice. And so frustrating. <laughs> Just like all the really wonderful things are, the agony and the ecstasy. Yep, yep. So you're forced to do it. It's something that you can't. That I can't stop. You can't stop. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to do You feel like you have to do it. Yeah. How about you, Susan? I feel exactly that same way. Um, I do it because I love it. And uh, if I don't do it, I feel like the day hasn't gone well. Um, and 
I will just do any kind of writing, journaling, poetry, short nonfiction pieces, you name it, whatever I can do, I do. Um, and sometimes I send them out to be published, sometimes they don't. Um, but to me, that's secondary to just sitting down and the joy that I have from writing. Uh, I just love it. I, you know, I've learned so much about myself, so much about the world. It's a way that I process the world. And um, I, it makes me feel so fulfilled. Yes. I, I can't think of anything I love more. Nice. Okay. All right. So um, thank you so much. You guys were fantastic. Uh, Linda, before we go, I wanted you to explain your memoir class and where people can find out more information about it. And maybe somebody would like to speak to the Pearl S. Buck House in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and why it's a good idea to visit there. Okay. Um, I just like to put in before I say that, that the three of us are going to be in person on Sunday, May 28th at Local Authors Day at the Flemington Summer Book Fest. Um, and we will be uh, signing our books. And if you'd like to come and meet us there and talk about writing with us, we would love to see you there. We're going to be there from 10 to 6 all day long. It's going to be at um, Central Station and Stangle Village Cultural District, if you know where that is. And it's put on by um, a bookstore in that shopping center. So, And there's going to be... 100 local authors. So if you're in Flemington, it'll probably be hard to miss. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, May 28th. So um, my memoir class, um, I have a Zoom class, which is running now through Pearl Buck. And I've been doing that for um, about 10 years. And uh, not the Zoom class, but the actual classes. The Zoom class started during uh, the pandemic. Uh, I have an in-person class, which is starting tomorrow. Um, there's still time to sign up if you want to go to my website. Um, it's on Wednesday afternoon from one to three once a month. And um, we do, I have a little lesson um, in each class. It meets for two hours. People write for, um, I guess, 15 minutes at a time. We, we do writing exercises. They give each other constructive feedback. Um, and um, during the month between classes, they send in their pieces they're working on for feedback online. So we keep in touch that way as well. But that's um, homework is not compulsory. <laughs> gotcha. And, and how would people find that to sign up? Um, you go on to my website, um, lindawis.com. Great. Okay, thank you. And I'm going to put all that information in the show notes, as well as all the fabulous organizations that you guys um, talked about and, and great information. Thank you so much for sharing all your advice and your stories. Um, I just want to make sure, is there anything else that anyone would like to contribute? I would like to put in a plug for the Writing Center at uh, Pearl S. Buck. Uh, we do workshops. Um, I'm one of the editors there so we will look at um, manuscripts for you or uh, provide there is a monthly group that meets that does critiquing uh, and it's just a wealth of information for anybody who who wants to contact us we do what we can to support writers and help you move in whatever direction you want to move in Fantastic. and that's a writers group as well yes Okay, yeah. great. Thank you. Thank you Although so you much. You don't have to join the writers group to right. contact the editors there. 
Oh, gotcha. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you, you all work at um, y'all. Y'all work in uh, at the Pearl S. Buck House in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a wonderful place to visit. Uh, Pearl, the famous author, Pearl S. Buck, uh, she's Nobel Prize winning, right? Yes. yes. Author. Um, and yeah. also uh, just amazing, amazing work, amazing humanitarian work, uh, ph- philanthropist. Every She's fantastic. And her um, home is is a place that you can go and tour. Um, I went. I loved it. Uh, I'd like to go back. It's very inspirational. Um, you can actually see where she wrote, you know, her famous novels. And it's right here in Bucks County. Um, so um, tell us about your work there, guys. Well, Sandy and I are both docents, so we lead the tours, and um, we have a new tour that we just started um, a few years ago that's an interactive tour, so it really focuses on her um, humanitarian work, and there are three tours a day. Um, The Taking Action Tour, um, which is interactive, is once a day at 1 o'clock, and the other tours are at 11 and 2, every day but Monday. Um, I just really treasure the time that I spent there, the connections that I've made, and all the people that volunteer there are are just excellent people to work with. Nice. And Sandy, you've been there for a while, too? I have been. Uh, I lead the tours, as Linda does, and every time I go through, it's it's just, it's a thrill. And it it inspires me as a writer, and I have learned so much from other people there. Uh, and then I also work in the gift shop usually about once a week. And it, it's a great gift shop. Yes, yes. <laughs> and every penny that they earn goes to help the issues with Pearl S. Buck uh, started her foundation to help, like uh, civil rights, women's rights, and uh, equality for disabled. Yes. She was a remarkable woman. and um, so She sure was. It, it really is a gem in, in Bucks County. Yes. Um, how about you, Susan? I work with the Writing Center. Got it. Um, so I'm an editor there, and um, I've worked with various authors who've decided to self-publish through the Writing Center. Um, we have a, a publishing system that we work with, and uh, if you work with us at the center, and you will find your book in the bookstore. Uh, where all of our books, I believe, are available yeah. for sale. Um, so another reason to come to Pearl S. Book. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you all for being with us. We've been speaking with Sandy Cody, Susan Wagner, and Linda Wisniewski, authors all sharing their knowledge with us. Thank you, ladies, for being with us today. Thank you for having Wonderful. us. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. You have been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Wolk. Thanks for listening. And remember to share and subscribe to my Substack, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, at claudinewalk.substack.com. With paid subscriptions, some less than $5 a month, you will have access to all of my resource-filled posts and podcasts, plus a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan that you can download. At the highest subscription level, you will also get a 30-minute consult with me. When you are ready to make some decisions about your book, subscribe today and let's come up with a plan.